It's Messy Truths Podcast. We're back for episode 13. This is Mar recording live from Montreal. (laughs) Hello, hello. We're back. Episode 13. I think 13 is a great number. So uh, this is Nisha from Kanekahage and ready to get down today. Ready. I'm ready. Lucky number 13. This is Azar checking in from New York City and I'm excited, guys. I want to hear all about your dreams. Yeah, so we are discussing dreams, and I think dreams are definitely an important topic to discuss now because, as we all know, the pandemic has um, put our sleep in disarray. <laughs> totally. It's really, it, there's been reports of uh, people who have been experiencing all kinds of dreams over the last couple of years. It's been insane. Um, There's actually, there's actually some statistics and information um, that goes into that, um, into the amount of dreaming that people have been doing during the coronavirus pandemic. And some numbers that I've seen include uh, 29% of Americans recall having more dreams than usual. That was reported in March, 2020. Another study I found reported that uh, 37% of people had pandemic dreams. Uh, A lot of them uh, associated with insufficiently completing tasks and losing control of a vehicle, uh, being threatened by others. So I can definitely attest to this, that the pandemic has definitely um, affected my sleep patterns in that mm. I have not been sleeping well. It's gotten a little bit better, but you know, it's it's definitely not uh, a, a continuous and consistent night of sleep. And there could, there could be other reasons for that too. But definitely, you know, the COVID pandemic definitely does not help that situation. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mar. I've been having some of my best sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I um. Sleep and I are are like, I don't know, sleep is really important. I mean, you know, I mean, we know why babies sleep. So why we sleep is because we're figuring things out when we're sleeping, mm-hmm. right? And so babies sleep because they have so much information. They're like, these adult bitches, I need to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. And they create memories. And for us, we create memories when we sleep. Mm-hmm. But uh the pandemic and I uh, regulated my sleep hardcore. Oh, really? Like I'm so, but I, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that my exercise routine is regulated and my water intake is regulated. So mm. all of that, um, you know, ends up having great sleeps. And I have some really good sleeps. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, that was such a great sleep. Whereas my husband is like, oh my God, while well, you're having your best sleep ever he's not having his best sleep. Um, actually, my best sleep started before the pandemic. It actually happened when I met my husband. I've been having my best sleeps ever since I mm, met him. So interesting. Too bad for that's him. Good. That, that sounds problem. like you're at peace and so you can sleep. To be honest, I haven't slept in 11 years. Um, that coincides <laughs> oh with the birth of my first child um, and actually nine months prior to that. So yeah, no. There, there it goes. Wow. I'm sorry. That's that's I'm unfortunate. Sorry. What are you going to do about it? I feel it? bad because I'm having great sleep. Unload them off yeah. on someone else. 
I think I got to wait like 18 years or like 16 years and then maybe I could sleep. You just need a weekend. <laughs> just a weekend. Right. <laughs> just a weekend to catch some sleep. Nisha, the funny thing is when you're married, you know what's really weird is that um, you get used to sleeping with your partner. And then when you or your partner is not in the same bed with each other, that's when your sleep gets disrupted. It's really annoying. Yeah, yeah, it is annoying. I've had this problem recently that I started traveling again. And I, I was like, okay. But I've started to figure out some things like bringing his scent with me or... How um, do you do that? Taking melatonin. Well, I take cologne, like little samples of his cologne. And I, I like the smell of him. Or um, melatonin. Or edibles, like shit is real. I if I like sleep is really important for my brain. I work a lot. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of stuff. So I and I also actively dream. I mean, like actively dream. Mm -hmm. My dreams. I'm sure part of the problem is the melatonin. Uh, it does encourage you to have these active, crazy ass dreams. Mm. Um, but I actually, like, I wake up and I'm always like, oh, that was a cool dream, and I try to remember and. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've had some really good sleep. I, I can't lie. Especially on a Saturday, I wake up and I don't know, I'm chilling. The other thing the pandemic has done is I get up early. now. Mm -hmm. I know Azar gets up early by default. Little mm -hmm. humans, little humans are like, what sleep? We slept. Yeah. Now it's time for you right. to be up. They're, they, they're selfish. They're selfish for a long time. I understand. But uh, no, I, I get up about 5.30, I work out, it's quiet. I'm becoming old. Like, this is a problem. I'm getting Actually, old. Actually, a lot of millionaires um, swear by that 5 a.m. routine. So I think you're on the right path for that niche. Um, but, you know, uh, speaking of dreams, one of the earliest dreams that I ever, like one of the dreams that I remember having as a child, and it was a recurring dream, was, mm. and I lived in Dubai at the time, and we lived in like an open a space concept house where there was like a living room and a dining room separated by like just I don't even know what that's called but like a little fence kind of like the atrium was in mm. Dawson you guys remember anyway so mm -hmm. the whole I remember this vividly I would in the middle of the night in my dream walk down the stairs come to that second level climb up on the fence and fly or soar around the living room and I did this every single night and I wouldn't leave the house. I would just go ahead and kind of soar around the, the, the chandelier in the living room. And then I'd go back upstairs and go to bed. One night I dreamt that I did my little living room routine and I flew out the door and I went outside. And I remember just looking down at the time there were no houses around um, just a few houses around us at the time. And it was just kind of like dirt and like sand dunes. And I was close to the floor. I wasn't too high, but I could see the ground. And that was it. That was the last time I ever had that dream. The, the day that I, the night that I left the house, and I am telling you, like, I am what, 44 years old now? I must have been six, seven, eight with this recurring dream. And I still remember it to this day. And I remember the finality of it when I finally left the house. And I actually never looked into that. So I really don't know what that meant. Well, some people would say that's astral projection, right? Like, I don't know how deep you're into that. I really like this stuff. Um, so some people would say, like, you know, when we sleep, our souls fly around and be checking out things and mm. making sure things are good. 
So, you know, maybe your soul is like, yeah, I'm good. I've already seen what's outside. Now I'm going to go back. Um, you know, so it, some people would say that's astral projection. So Not for I don't nothing. know. I, I'm kind of. It I'm felt down. real to me. Like there was nothing out of place when I was flying to say that there was like some extra, you know, like it was everything that was in my realm when I was awake. That's why it felt so, mm. so real to me. And so that I can remember it to this day. There was nothing unusual about what I was seeing um, besides the fact that I was actually flying. <laughs> everything else felt like like as if I was awake. So. Mm. It was. I say go for it. What about you, Mar? I, and and I would love to hear if you as are flying around out of their body as well. <laughs> right? That would be really cool to hear. What about you, Mar? I've had flight dreams before. Uh, one in particular I remember from a few years before um, was of myself. Uh, I think I had like a parachute, and I was mm. flying. <laughs> from Alaska into Canada, even though it did not look like Alaska <laughs> or Canada whatsoever. And I don't particularly care for parachuting. I would never do it myself, but that's just me mm. um, because I obviously have a very serious fear of doing something like that. But in the dream, I didn't fear at all. It And it for me, I think it was actually tied to a time where I was really like in a good place spiritually. And mm. I, I, I personally, whenever I get dreams like this, I tend to pray a lot and try to just, you know, wait for the good Lord to kind of give me an <laughs> indication of like, okay, what's going on in my life that you're trying to tell me about here? And I think that was a, mm. a point where it was just basically like, you're good. You have a lot of faith. You're coasting. You're, you know, you have no fear. Uh, you're going, you're going from point A to point B and you're perfectly, you're perfectly fine. There's no issue. But as you mentioned that that was, you know, the dream of you flying in that atrium area of the house was, uh, you know, one of your earliest dreams. I used to have dreams when I was a kid and for, I've really tried to think back about what my earliest dreams were when I was a child. But the ones that stick out to me the most are the ones of like, um, <laughs> it's actually more like nightmares, uh, of uh, being attacked by Freddy Krueger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it Freddy Krueger, specifically Freddy Krueger? It was, it was like the whole Nightmare on Elm Street theme. Freddy Krueger mm. only appeared in my dreams a few times. It didn't get graphic or anything. But when I was a kid living in uh, my uncle's home, we used to have a basement and there were stairs going up uh, to the main floor from the basement. And I would always be scared to go up those stairs <laughs> for fear mm -hmm. that, you know, something's going to come out and like catch my feet between the empty spaces between the steps. Mm. And I would always have dreams about that, um, you know, and the potential of, you know, being caught by Mr. Kruger and his on his unmanicured nails i mean god get do Ew. something about that for god's sake for real bro <laughs> it's really funny I, I i like horror movies so i don't know i don't get scared of that stuff um i don't really remember back to my dreams when i was young i'd have to consult the warden on that <laughs> but i will tell you i've had some really fucked up dreams i mean some serious crazy dreams um People don't know, I mean, you ladies know I used to be much heavier. 
I used to have dreams that my fat was chasing me around. Like it was separated from my body and it was chasing me through a maze. Yo, you were being chased by your own fat? So it's really deep because it happened many, many weeks and months. It was like, okay, so I have to tell you, for those of you who don't know me, I really like sci-fi, right? I'm a massive Doctor Who fan, Dark Vader Bay, uh, Trekkie. I love them all, right? I really love them all. And so one that I really like is Doctor Who, really like British show in their TARDIS flying around. And it's a woman this time. That's why I said her. Anyways, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, who's not Whovians. Um, yeah, that's what we're called, Whovians. And I had a series of detective Doctor Who dreams. And I was running away from a murderer. And I could see that I was running away because the glass was frosted. And I was with a friend of mine. And we we're trying to figure out the murder that's about to happen because we're detectives in Doctor Who. And it comes to realize that when I faced the murderer, it was my fat. It was like all my fat represented in a shape that was chasing me around in a series of frosted glass doors for weeks. This happened for weeks. I would wake up and I swear to God, my brain would pick it up Mm -hmm. where it left off the night before. Yeah, this is definitely Freudian level type dreaming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I was like, oh my God. So at some point, I can't tell people because they're going to be like, what's wrong with you? But I, I would like, I would like look forward to going to sleep because I wanted to know like what, what happens next. next <laughs> yeah, I was in my own choose your own adventure dream. And I think also because I read those kind of books as a kid, I read choose your own adventures. For those of you who are younger, choose your own adventure are these books where the character makes decisions and based on the decision of the character, they go to a new page, right? So I really enjoy those kind of adventure books. Uh, I was a person who liked Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, all that stuff. So I'm sure a combination, my brain was coming up with some stuff psychologically. But yeah, the fat was the culprit. And I mean, it happened for weeks. The series was for weeks. It was like oh, oh my own TV show where I was the star. And that shit was chasing me. <laughs> Yo, this is, this is amazing. It was wild. That's what I told you. I have some crazy dreams. And that's like one of three major dreams that have reoccurred in my life. So the fat dream, thank God it stopped. Mm -hmm. It stopped when I started losing weight. Mm. So I wonder sometimes if it was my brain being like, nah, bitch, we need to get this shit together. Otherwise the fat's going to chase you and kill you, right? No, that's fair though. I mean, what did the fat look like by the way? Uh, it looked like a big yellow blob because I've seen them on like Dr. Phil and like. Yeah, um, yeah, we've all seen doctor? that. Right. What's that other doctor? Dr. Oz. You know, and, yeah, yeah. Dr. Oz. Yeah. Dr. Oz. So I've seen that. I've seen what it looks like, right? So it was like a blob. It looked like that guy from McDonald's, the purple one. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what the purple guy. So I was like, I don't know if it's a guy. I forget what that character's thing. name is. I only remember the hamburger. So that's what it looked like. Yeah, me too. So that's what it looked like. But it did also look like, <coughs> pardon me, um, Jabba the Hutt from Star Wars, which makes total sense because I love Star Wars. So I was like, yeah, I'm a fan. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, that dream honestly happened for about two, three months every day consistently. That's why I was like yeah. a new episode. So that was one of three big dreams, but I'll keep them two and three because mm. they're, they're not wilder, but they're very 
Um, I'm very intrapersonal. I'm very intuitive with myself and it plays out in my dreams. It's very interesting to me. So I actually had another <clears throat> recurring dream, kind of in the Freddy Krueger theme, also when I was younger, guys. Mm. So one of the first horror movies that I watched was Fright Night. Oh, yeah. I remember and Fright it was, Night. It, was all, it came out in 1985. I just looked it up. It was also like the first movie where I saw people kiss, like with tongue. So I was super fascinated. Right that, before like, they get killed. I was like, yeah, right. But I was eight years old. And so like I would watch this. I watched, I don't know, what, was, what were my parents thinking? Like they, there was like absolutely no filter in our household at that at that point. Like immigrant parents same, don't know what the fuck they're same. doing. But anyway. Don't have sex, but so, you're totally fine watching all of these graphic movies. It. No problem. Basic instinct, <laughs> all that shit. Yeah. Please go, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching Fright Night and, you know, I saw him kiss the girl. And I think those were my first feelings where I was just like, ooh what is that? You know, like I was curious and I thought he was so hot. Chris Sarandon, I think his name is. I just looked him up. I, I would have had no idea, but I thought that vampire was so sexy. That was a anyway. vampire flick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I remember the same recurring dream, same house guys. And I had, there was like two driveways. There was a driveway at the front door and a driveway at the side of the house. I kind of went into like a parking area. Mm. And I would be walking into the driveway from the front door and Chris Sarandon from Fright Night would be coming from the other driveway. <laughs> and I just couldn't reach the door, guys. I just kept like, you know, power stepping, not trying to run because I don't want him to see. But I was like walking a little faster. And every time I'd look around, he'd be a little bit closer. That was really something. It's kind of nice. scary. Not cool. That was recurring, though. Cool. Those are annoying parts of when you dream, you know, when you know, in real life, you would be out of there. Like, oh, yeah, there would be no question. Yeah. But those types of dreams where you're trying to escape a villain or if you are uh, oh driving a car, that's another dream that I've had repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Whenever um, things are kind of in disarray in my personal life, I have dreams of myself driving and totally like, you know, I, the way that I'm driving in the dream, I should be dead, but I'm still alive and curving around <laughs> all these vehicles and and uh, going into fields and going off road and my driving is is just garbage in in these dreams but yet you know i'm still alive um and then you know mm -hmm. i also another recurring dream that i've had is taking exams and this happened frequently <laughs> after i graduated from university i was going through a phase where i was like it was not a good time in my life i was dealing with grief and a bunch of different things uncertainty anxiety over what my future held at that time and i would consistently be in a classroom taking exams and i at the time i didn't know what it meant but it wasn't until later when i finally had a dream about graduating and my mother was there. Mm. My mother was in attendance at oh, this wow. graduation. Although it didn't feel like a graduation. It felt more like a gospel performance because everybody was in. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like a graduation gown, they were like looking like gospel singers, like they're hmm. part of a choir. Um, and when I when I had that dream and my the one with my mother attending this like grad ceremony, I never had another a uh, dream of myself taking a test or an exam ever again. 
Yo, isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. That's so wild that that, that so happened. Yeah. Like this one dream will end all the series of the recurring it dreams. It does. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. At the yeah. time I spoke That's to a friend of mine about it and she was like, you know, you're really basically suffering from like just, you know, uh, imposter syndrome. It was when I was, you know, launching my freelance writing career. So there was a lot of anxiety about whether I could really do uh, do the do that job, and if I could really like, you know, consider myself a real writer, and so you know, I'm sure that all of that had to do with it. I even considered like, do I need to go back to school and learn something? But you know, as with most dreams, it's never really about what you're dreaming about. It's about something else yeah, and something exactly. deeper. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that's really interesting because I I don't want to. I don't want to lose the scary dream because then we're going to hopefully get into some positive dreams. <laughs> but um, I have a semi-positive negative dream. I, I guess I'm neutral by it now. So I'm really scared of snakes. It's mm-hmm. really ridiculous. Um, I don't even like to watch them on TV. I have this really deep fear of snakes. Um, I watch Harry Potter, going back to the nerdy themes that I like. Um, and there's a snake in there, the basilica that, you know, Voldemort has to kill. Anyways, it's a whole Harry Potter thing. Um, even that, I'm like, nah, bro, I don't want to see you too much on TV. I really don't like snakes. But it's interesting how much snakes really like me. And so I have these dreams. Um, I really do respect indigenous cultures about warning animals and um, animals that are your spirit animals. So... I went through a series of denial with snakes and I'm still there. So I, I was born in 1978 and I was really proud in um, Asian astrology to be like the year of the horse. Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) I'm actually the year of the snake. Mm -hmm. So I found this out because you have to be born in a certain time in 1978. Like they have the same cutoff points like we do in Western astrology. So come to find out I was born in the year of the snake. And, and, you know, when you meet people, they're like, oh, my God, that's great. You're clever. And I'm like, it's a snake. <laughs> I'm not in it. Uh, so I'm like, OK, whatever. So I used to have these dreams. And I have them when, it, when they're necessary, these um, bow constrictors. And the bow constrictor would, like, squeeze me or bite me. Like, yo, the thing was really at me. It would bite my toe my big toe. And I would wake up and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what kind of scary shit is this? Like, I don't want you touching me or popping up in my dream, let alone biting on my toe. And I wake up and my toe would hurt. And I was annoyed. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yo, this is not cool. Like, what's your problem? Um, But every time the snake, so it's interesting when I started to talk to people about the snake, And, you know, I was talking to some indigenous folks in the sweat lodge. They were like, oh, that's your spirit. And I was like, no, I reject this. Like, it's bad enough that I have to be in the year of the snake. I reject the spirit animal being the snake. I wanted it to be a squirrel. (laughs) Nisha's like, I bind you in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I love squirrels. Like, I really love squirrels. I thought if anything is... Yeah, I love them. If anything is going to be my spirit animal, it's going to be a squirrel. And they're like, no, sorry, it's a snake. So I was <laughs> like, bad, so this bad. is not cool. So when I started to realize, so the snake used to squeeze me and I was like, this is not cool. Oh, that's terrible. But every time this snake appeared, there was some bad minded heifer in my cipher um, that the snake that, that, you know, the snake was trying to warn me. Mm-hmm. This is how eventually I realized. So I went back. 
to the indigenous people in Vermont, I was like, yo, now the snake is like biting me and now the snake is squeezing me. And they're like, okay, so you have to kind of like embrace the snake. Like, don't be afraid when you're sleeping and you see the snake. So I'm like, okay. So I waited for the snake to come back in my dreams. Remember, the snake only comes around if there's people with ill intentions towards me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't show up whenever it wants. Even talking about it now, I'm afraid it might show up in my dreams. That's how afraid I am of snakes. So the next time it comes up, I was like, okay, you're here. I see you. I recognize you. And this time it didn't like enwrap me or engulf me and it didn't bite me. It coiled. Now, when a snake coils, if they're trying to be warm or whatever they're trying to do, whatever. Now we're not cool. I'm still, I'm actually still afraid in the dream. I'm actively aware I'm afraid in the dream of the snake. But now I recognize that you're trying to warn me of something. So it's been like, now we're at a mutual standoff in the dreams where I'm like, oh, you're here. What heifer is in my life trying to cause havoc and we'll get rid of them. So now they don't bite me. They don't wrap around me. They appear and they let me know like, yo, something's beware and you need to, you need to beware. After that, when, when I see them, I actually put my guard up much more because I know someone is, um, you know, dealing behind me or doing something really bad that's. And it's always happened. Every time Mr. Bow Constrictor, I don't even know if it's a female or a male. The bow constrictor pops up. I'm like, okay, we're we're going into lockdown mode now. I don't know whose energy is around me trying to give me bad mindedness, but it's there. So yeah, this is a snake. The indigenous folks have told me this is my snake animal. I'm not ready to embrace that at all. Even when I was in BC telling the indigenous folks in Manitoba about the snake. She's like, oh my God, that's fascinating. I used to catch them and play with them. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing all that. Because <laughs> she, she she was telling me she's a, first of all, she's a fantastic um, Cree, uh, not Cree, star blanket maker. Oh my God. But she was saying like, you really should embrace it because they're really intelligent. And they and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> they really freak me out. They I don't know what it is. They just really freak me out. And she said, yeah, but they're really connected to you. Mm. They're really connected. And I'm like, that's good for them. You keep your place. I'll keep my place. We're good. When we were in the desert, we saw the sign, beware the snake. I was like, hell no. <laughs> hell no. And I ran back up the hill. I was mortified. Mortified. But yeah, so whenever, if you're a heifer, and you're trying to interfere, like, come into my cipher. <laughs> Don't worry. The I will snakes will let me know. The snakes, the will, snakes let me know. will let me know. And, and it's really interesting because in Christianity, snakes are seen as negative, right? But outside of that Christian culture, snakes are really, like, they're dope. They shed their skin. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they're really smart. They know how to protect themselves. And I really wish I could embrace that positive side of them. But it's I'm tough. like... You scare me. Yeah. Guys, like my, ugh. But yeah, check no. it out. While you're talking about it, I was looking up some of the interpretations. And it's interesting. Oh, it does say the dream of being choked or constrained by a snake may represent feelings about a negative influence that is pre preventing you from expressing yeah. yourself. But look at this one. This is really funny. Females often dream of snakes when they fear sex, getting pregnant, or losing their virginity. <laughs> what? Relax. Fear sex. Fearing sex. I don't fear sex. <laughs> I ain't never scared. Relax. <laughs> pregnancy. I ain't maybe? never scared. Never. Oh, maybe pregnancy. <laughs> it could be pregnancy on my part, mm. 
But sex and virginity, no. no like like you, no. Nisha, I also Dang, used to have no. pretty frequent um, snake dreams whenever it was like a season in my life where I was heading into trouble. Um, and oddly enough, in previous mm. episodes, I told you, I told you ladies about that one breakup that really changed me and affected me. Um, I actually had a snake dream warning me before I got into that relationship. And I mm. did not take heed at that time. I even talked about it with my brother. You mentioned, Nisha, about um, associations with uh, Christianity and so forth. My brother, who is uh, very much a Christian, a practicing one, very active, had told me, I think this is God's way of saying to you that you're about to get into something that is really going to be tough and it's going to be so hard for you to get out mm. of it that you will have a very, very difficult time coping. And he was right. He was totally right. That mm. interpretation, um, just thinking about the dream now, I remember that it wasn't just one snake. It was like multiple snakes and they were all kind of wrapped yeah, around okay. one another and oh, just no, like no, no. with a few okay. of the heads kind of like, you know, going for the attack. <laughs> She's and, done. But it, but those types of dreams, yeah, I do have them. And oddly enough, it's <laughs> I have these dreams whenever I would have them whenever I would be dating somebody. So that would be an indication like, fam, you need to get the hell up on out of this. Uh -oh. This is not love. Me, this is friendship. about to be hell if you don't be careful. Yeah. Yeah. To me, they're around friendships. They're around friendships. Yeah, I, it, it's so... different for everybody, right? For me, it was romantic relationships. Yeah. For you, it's friendships with with different people and what happens yeah and it's warning you you need to be careful around these spirits because they're the this well, is about as satanic as you can get as it's gonna get yeah. luckily they haven't popped up but they when they do pop up now I, i'm like okay what's going on uh, and then I, I, I want like, to see you I, in the morning when you get up, like, okay, what's going yeah, on? What's I'm happening? Like, <laughs> oh gosh. I get really upset. I'm like, like, which one oh, of you hoes no. is it? Which one are you? <laughs> yeah, which one are you are like, and, and I'm always like, I, and when I meet someone new, I'm like, if we have a dream, we can't be friends. Like that's just, what how do you know like, it's that person though? Person. I don't know, but that's what I'm going with because okay. If they're not popping up and you popped up in my life and then the snake pops up. It's just your guard oh, goes no. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they. to be honest, they have been very instrumental. I'll give them their dues. I'll it's, give a them their it's a guide. It's a guide. And it's, me. yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if you're a very spiritual person, it is a way, it's, it's a warning sign of what is surrounding you in your life. And I'm a huge... I'm a big believer in the kind of energy that you have around you and your in your social network. Super important. You know, I when I was <laughs> when I hit 30, I did a little bit of uh, of uh, shedding of friends and decided to kick people out of my life and figured, you know what, I need to basically start um, curating a better group of people in my life. That's that's how I would consider it. Yeah, but why can't like why can't I just have a squirrel? They're clever because you won't learn otherwise. You won't learn. You won't learn oh, otherwise. No, I'm not you in it. Learn. So I, I do now that we've brought in Christianity and other religions. Um, I have to say I have a quite a discerning spirit, very much so. Like some of the things that have happened to me, dream wise, only God could do that. Like I'm serious, and so. 
viewers out there, I, I'd like to apologize to those of you who do not believe in God, because I don't want you to think that you can have these dreams too. But for my foundation, I felt like only God was passing those messages to me. I've had some, a series of discernment, predictive, um, like blow my mind type of dreams. Like I'll give you a really short example and then we'll move on. And I want to hear from you ladies too. I was doing my PhD defense and um, it was crazy. That, that was a crazy time in my life, but it's when you're submitting your comp. So you have to submit your like pre-paper before you can defend your PhD and then you can graduate. And I had a dream <laughs> and often the dreams that I have that are discerning are never about me. They're always about someone else. In fact, I've had a dream where I saw my friend's spouse before they met them. It's great. That's how deep they are. So I had this dream and here I am. I was defending. I knew this season and I knew what to wear. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I held on to that image. Um, I held on to the date. Like God had already foreshown me the date, what I would wear, the weather, and it fell right into place. So when the date fell, it was September 15th. I was like, okay, this is wild. I said, you know what? I'm not going to go against what's prophesied or promised for me. So I wore exactly that dress because I had already seen it in the dream. I had already seen it. And I, and I know it sounds, I can't explain it correctly where you, you're like, people don't understand, but I wasn't at the point of defending yet. I wasn't there yet. It was June. It was actually Eid. And I was submitting my first round of comps, meaning I was submitting my first draft of my PhD, getting mm -hmm. ready. So I had no clue when I was going to defend. None. I can't predict that, right? Because it depends on a committee. But I had the dream. And I saw the calendar. I was getting dressed. I saw the calendar. I saw my hair. It was September. And I was like, oh, okay. And the dress. And because I'm, I'm so, I so much believe in that communication with God. I was like, okay, God, I see you. I'm going to do exactly as you prescribed in the dream. So I wore that dress. I was that date. And I, I was told that I had one of the best defenses they had ever seen ever. Well, that was also because I practiced like a maniac, but I'll never forget that because it's the last time <laughs> 27, no, 2016 that I've dreamt about myself. Everything else has been about other people and wow. how they come to pass. Mm. Everything else. I, I rarely have, and I get kind of mad. I'm like, God, can you, can I, can I get a little bit? Can I get a little hint? Like, why are you holding back on me? But often I feel like I'm given dreams about others. It's, and I, it's a little bit annoying. I'll be honest. Well, maybe you're, do you, but, do you, um, you know, kind of a light in, in those individuals lives, you know? And do you share with yeah, them but I'm selfish. when you dream about them? Yeah, may, yeah. If it's negative, I find it hard to share. Yeah, it's tough to share Because sometimes they're good and stuff. bad. Yeah. They're, they're, they're bad and good. Like, I had a dream about my friend's wedding before. It, it was crazy. I've had really crazy, crazy dreams. I shouldn't say they're crazy. I should qualify by saying I've had dreams that I find astounding. Like, why are they coming to pass? Mm -hmm. And... I, I've talked to like pastors, any moms, because I want to get like the God squad, right? I want to know yeah. like 
Am I losing my mind? You know, because there are many people throughout religious history who've had dreams, have been given visions and so forth. But when you say that in this day and age, people want to send you to the psych ward. They want to put you on meds. <laughs> you know what it is. They want to do that. So I often don't let people know how deeply I dream, but I do dream of others often. Like my aunt passed and she appeared. And she told me, she gave me a message to give to my grandmother because she was so deeply mm. enthralled in um, in grief Yeah, that I was the only person who wasn't as begrieved or berated or what's the word I'm looking for? Begrieved, what's the word? Begrieved? I don't know. But I wasn't as deep as my mom and my grandmother. And she appeared. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, And in my dream, I'm talking to myself like, why do I have to have this dream? Because then I'm going to wake up. I got to go tell my grandmother. People are going to think I'm nuts, whatever. <laughs> so I'm talking to my aunt and she's like, oh, and I knew it was her because it was a certain nickname she had called me. Uh, we were chatting and she's like, look, I need you to tell mom I'm okay. Like, it's all good. I'm all right. And, you know, tell your mom I'm okay. And I had to tell my grandmother and my mother and I know it caused them pain because they were like, why isn't she appearing to me? You know, why is she talking to you? Um, but it happened for a year. She would like come and appear to me to talk to me to tell my grandmother because my grandmother was extremely in grief of losing my aunt. Mm -hmm. So these things happen all the time. Like they'll appear. I'm like, this is not cute. Like, it's not cute. Yeah. I find it stressful sometimes, but all the God squad are like, sometimes you have to accept those gifts, whether you like them or not. And like, basically suck it up better. I agree with that. So they Ooh. happen to me often. I they happen to that. me really often. What about you, Oz? Do you have uh, recurring dreams of your mom? Because I know I do. You I know? get dreams sometimes with my mother and also with my late uncle who raised me. It's interesting you ask, because I was about to ask you. So I dream about my mom. I used to dream about her much more often than I do now. But what's interesting about my dreams with my mom is that they're filled with a lot of pain. My dreams mm -hmm. with my mom are always like very like normal everyday dreams. And then all of like just it's like we're we're in a house together. We're cooking. And then in the dream, I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. You're dead. Yeah. And in the dream, you know, I'll like or, I, or I'll tell her you're sick. Like, why are you here? You were sick. You died. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a moment in the dream where I'm like, this is a dream. This can't be real. And at that moment, sometimes she'll be like, oh, I got better, but I'm not going to stay. Um, or she'll be like, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm not, I'm not actually really here. Mm. So like <clears throat> the dreams with my mom are often very painful, not necessarily at the beginning, but towards the end, because I always know in my dream that it's a dream and I always feel the grief. Mm. So I don't really like <laughs> dreaming of my mom, yeah. to be honest, because it always kind of, um, it makes the, the hurt fresh again, mm -hmm. you know? How about you, Mar? Uh, I had a really strange dream after my mother passed away. I think it was probably about a week after her death where... <laughs> I got a, uh, my doorbell rang at the apartment that we were living at and I opened the door and there was a garbage bag and my mother came out of that garbage bag. And I, I said to her in the dream, I'm like, I thought you were dead. And I started crying profusely and we mm. hugged 
my mother was not a very affectionate woman, you know, for a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. uh, West Indian kids, sometimes you grow up in families where your kids, are, your your parents are just like, hugs? What is that? <laughs> mm -hmm. My mother was like that. She was not a very affectionate person, at least not with me. And I don't think that was the case with my uh, siblings either. So in the dream, it was really odd. Like we were both crying profusely. We were both hugging. It was probably the only time that I've had that much affection with her other than remembering when I was a kid and was hugged up by her and, and so forth. Um, so we were loving on each other and she was like, I'm okay now. I'm better. Don't you worry. I'm good. It was, you know, it, it wasn't true. The cancer didn't get me. I'm better. And it gave me a sense of relief. I think that mm -hmm. my mother you know, whether regardless of what your, you know, spiritual belief is for me, I'm just saying personally in my situation, it gave me a sense of relief to know my mom was okay. And then after that, she's popped up sporadically in dreams that I've had. One involved uh, a period where I was doing some social smoking and she showed up in my dream. <laughs> I remember I had like a packet of cigarettes and she was just like, Ooh, the cuss word started. She really laid it on me. <laughs> I don't think I smoked a cigarette after that. <laughs> but um, yeah, she would pop in uh, different dreams here and there, really not that often. And I can't recall last when I had a dream with her, but they used to be kind of, um, sometimes they were antagonistic. But lately, if I recall, like maybe the very last dream that I had of her was probably like a couple of years ago. I would say that it was a little bit more, it was a little bit more peaceful. Um, so mm. it's just odd seeing her in those dreams. And I actually look forward to, to them more often now than before, even though they don't happen very often, because for mm. me, it's like, I've worked out a lot of grief. I've worked out a lot of mourning, a lot of issues that I had with her, um, in, I worked all of this out in therapy. So for me, I'm in a great place to be receptive of what I feel like she has to communicate with me in those dreams. Yeah. And what about, um, I just have a question about panic dreams. Do you, we've all been married here. Okay. And I know personally right before my wedding or leading up to my wedding, <laughs> however many years ago that was, I was having some weird ass dreams I remember having a dream where I was getting ready to walk down the aisle, had my dress on, but I was missing my shoes. I was missing my jewelry and, um, my groom wasn't my groom. <laughs> um, it was really do we weird. Who he was? I don't remember who it was, but it certainly wasn't my partner I've got right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love you, you know, boo. I, I really I, do. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never had like I mean thinking about when I did get married I I never had any panic dreams around that but I've definitely had anxiety ridden like major panic dreams around work mm. I mean I mean like chest thumping waking up like feeling crazy kind of dreams about work and it's wild you know like we talked about this and and the the foreshadowing and the the you know, the sixth sense, if you will, of having dreams and, and like it being, you know, like, pre like premonitions or whatever. But 
I always look at dreams as what's going on in your mind during the day, what you're, even if it's something you're not conscious of, and then it replaying at night. I've personally never had any kind of dreams that were, um, you know, like telling of anything other than what my thoughts were. And I think a lot of my dreams gave me perspective in terms of, oh, I must really not be addressing the feelings I'm having about the specific situation because it's expressing itself differently, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm sleeping. But I do believe some people do have those gifts. I just don't think I'm one of those people. Or maybe you haven't, maybe it's a, it's an area that you haven't tapped into. I think we all have the potential to connect more deeply with our dreams. It's just that Mm. we have to be willing and open, you know, the same way that people put a lot of uh, stock into astrology. I'm not really a big astrology person, but I know you are Oz. I know that other people are. I am. Um, And, you know, they, they believe strongly in various traits and characteristics associated with different signs. I'm not saying none of that can be um, impossible or, or true, but you know, for it depends on what your belief system is, how deeply invested and ingrained you are into those areas. Um, so I think that the same thing can be said of dreaming, you know, or even, yeah. um, you know, a spiritual uh, connection or, you know, spiritual beliefs or what have you. I feel like yeah. the more time you invest in it, the more time you are willing to open yourself up to it, the more you get back from it, you know? Right. I agree with you. It's true. Yeah. I do have to mention that these days I'm having a recurring dream that I want to tell you guys about. And I found it very interesting. And I actually never looked into it until just now. Does it so- involve Nick Jonas? <laughs> your, your current crush? Although, sidebar, guys, have you guys ever had a dream that you're having sex with somebody that you absolutely have no desire to have sex with, but you're oh, having no. sex with them no. in the dream? Is it just me? No, it's and not I just you. You know what that no, happens? Not, it no. happens with me or it used to happen with me. It hasn't happened in a while, but <laughs> those types of sex dreams, it used to always be girl on girl action. And I'm thinking, oh. yo, wait a minute. Oh, wait, that's happening. Do you, too. boo, but I, I really have no interest. And things things don't taste and look and feel the same way in those dreams no. that they do in real life. That's why I'm I, just like, no, nah, not for me. I've had dreams where I'm the dude fucking the person. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I'm that's it, interesting. It, 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 it's a regular fucking thing. It's annoying. I'm like, I, yes, yes. You suddenly <laughs> have a member. Yes. I've, I've never done, never had that, never had that, but I will tell you, I've all, I've had many, many a dream of having sex with a random person that I have absolutely no desire to have sex with. And it, and I, and I'm just like, what am I, why, why did that happen? It's really weird. But anyway, wait, 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 rewind back to my dream. So this is really interesting guys. So I often have dreams that I'm moving into a new apartment or I'm in my own apartment and I find a door that leads to a secret room and extra space. So it's like, I'll be moving into an apartment and I'm like, oh my God, this apartment is so cool. And then I'll open a door and that apartment that was so cool all of a sudden has like this huge, luxurious back part to the apartment. Like, an extra living room and it's like a huge balcony overlooking an ocean overlooking a forest like I'm talking about 
the small apartment leads to this amazingly beautiful, luxurious home. And I just looked this up and check how deep this shit is, guys. Wait, what, you're it looking says, up house. You're looking up um, homes. I'm looking up secret rooms. Secret rooms. Secret rooms, because okay. that's what it is. In every dream, it, it's a hidden room in the back of the house and yo i wake up feeling so i'm like wow i lucked out mm -hmm. look at all the space i can't wait to decorate it like this is how i wake up feeling amazing and then i'm just like motherfucker i'm still in this goddamn three bedroom <laughs> apartment but <laughs> so it says and this is deep to dream of a secret room represents your neglected potential or realizing undiscovered aspects ah. of yourself that we talked about this yeah and we talked you about talked this. about how like how you felt like you could have done something different yes. and yeah and yes. you're untapped that's really crazy untapped potential in your wild? career right you see I mean, I, this shit is deep I don't wanna... so what are you yeah, gonna do about it the, we get these know, exactly. we get these messages and it's basically telling us Hey, you know, act on it. Have more confidence and this. act on it. Realizing you have more than you thought or that something is possible that after first believing it wasn't. This shit is wild, guys. And this I'm has happened to you. me so many times. And like, I didn't even realize it was a theme until the last dream I had. And I was like, wait a minute, I've had this dream before. And it's n it's never the same place. And it's never the same, you know, the, but it's always extra secret and big and beautiful and and beyond my wildest dreams isn't that nuts i love it so i'm gonna do something about that's it. incredible so yet well this is it. Figure it out well i i on a on an interesting note you want to take wild dreams i had a dream i so i i used to go to san diego i still do but the pandemic has like put a wrench in that and i started to go to san diego when i was 19 and this week was veterans week so you know, my aunt served in the United States and the Canadian navies. So I used to go there to see her cousins, uh, my cousins, not her cousins, my cousins, her children. And um, I was 19, pretty naive, but I met a whole um, lieu of men, like these five dudes that I met in San Diego that ironically, I'm still friends with. And one of them was named Tim. And Tim was, uh, he owned like a, a stall that showed, that sold CDs. And he introduced me to Green Lantern from the, from San Francisco. And, you know, I was, I was like a, like, honestly, I was like a little girl. I was 19, but Tim and I were like, I don't know, San Diego dating. Like, you know, he was older than me. He would take me on these dates and I felt really special. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least so you weren't 12. I had it. Right. right well, this but Tim, of course, you know, at 19, you're like, oh, my God, the, the, the CD owner stall is, you know, whatever. You know what it is at 19. And I remember he's like, oh, you know, Nish, um, uh, I used to have a, a girlfriend. Now she's pregnant. And I'm 19. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I met McGill, blah, blah, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So he has the baby and he names the baby Jetem, which means I love you in French. So I'm like, cool. Now, fast forward to my 40s. Uh, I was like, I had a dream. I was like, yo, where is this dude at? Like, you know, like what's going on? Because I go to San Diego, whatever. So I have this dream about Tim. I look him up on Facebook, you know, and of course, I'm never going to forget the child's name because I was there. So <laughs> I'm looking it up and nothing. I can't find anything on Tim. So I have this dream about Tim. 
Tim and I are chit-chatting. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? How are the kids? Full-blown dream. Full-blown. This was 2018. Full-blown dream. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you finally moved from Montreal. And I was like, well, this is a good dream because this is part of my life's desire to get away from Montreal. (laughs) And he's like, oh, and you got married. I was like, oh, this dream is getting even better now because I'm married. I wasn't married at the time. And so I was like, oh, yeah. So now I wake up. I'm even more determined now to find Tim because I had this whole dream. We had a conversation. Tim died. (gasps) <gasps> three years prior no. to that dream. Wow. That's yeah. wild. And I was like, I I was like, yo, what is that about? I, I had like a full conversation with him. And so I reached out to his kids and I was like, I don't know if you remember me because you were just born, but his daughter and she's like, oh, of course. How are you? And I was like, like, what happened to your your pops? And she said, why? And I said, I had a dream. She's like, that's crazy. Because as he, like, he passed away in a motorcycle accident. Aww. And she said, you know, he was always looking for you and your profile. And I was like, yeah, I was looking for him too. But of course, I had to go and talk to the God Squad. Because I was like, yo, mm-hmm. why am I having dreams about dead people who have already died having full conversations with <laughs> them? And they they actually don't really have anything to answer that other than you had a conversation with somebody in a different realm. But that kind of freaks me out, right? Yeah. Again, going back, Ozzy, I, like, it, it is painful to have conversations with people who passed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially around, th- these are the times, these are the weeks now that I will have dreams about my aunts and have conversations because it is the timing of their passing. Mm-hmm. And I find like something lifts up there. There's a veil that might lift up at that time or my my prayers are more on them. Mm-hmm. And so I have those conversations. But Tim passed in 2015 and we had a full-blown conversation in 2018. Full-blown. Wow. Wow. And it was, and I was really, and the worst thing is I was upset because now I had to grieve. Yeah, it sucks. Right? Because I was like, you died. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? It was, that's one of my third big dreams. And oftentimes I'm like, well, now I know you're dead. You can come back and check in with me. <laughs> good. But cool. you could have given me the heads up. But you, mm-hmm. you, were, we were, talking. you were asking about where he was before. And that's, you know, I kind of consider that. Yeah, he didn't answer that. Yeah. I, he never answered. But I think it's, it's basically God's way of saying, um, I'm going to allow a conversation to happen and look what took place. You got in touch with his kids. His daughter told you, Hey, he was thinking yeah. about you. You were on his mind, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I don't look yeah. at those opportunities as negative anymore. I just take them as here's a window to another realm and another space yeah. that you're getting the privilege yeah. of, of getting into. And, um, you know, so I found that picture and that, well, you can't see it on the podcast, but this is like me at 19 and Tim at the CD shop in San Diego. Fun. Tim looks like and boy wonder. Yeah, okay. he does a little bit. We'll go with that. <clears throat> he does a little <laughs> but bit. But I, I, I kept the picture because I was like, oh my God, like I have that picture of me 19 and I'm really sad that we never got to connect in this realm to see how each other were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of lost touch, right? He got married. I I went to England, whatever. 
but yeah, that's so that's the kind of dreams I have on the regular. And you that's are cool. now married though, right? Yes. Yeah. Now my dreams revolve around um, other people's business. <laughs> I never have dreams about my husband, thankfully. To be honest, he's calmed my dreaming because mm-hmm. I sleep so soundly next to him. Like my soul completely. It's like a shutdown mode. Like, oh, he's here. Okay. Good. You're we're safe. Sleeping. We're good. You're the, you're, we're you're good. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah you I don't have those like wild dreams. Anymore. But now you're dreaming about other people. It's like you're the messenger. Mm-hmm. You're not only uh, a doctor, know, you're a prophet. Right? No. Please let me know. I often make, no, I often make these dreams that I often make these jokes where I'm like, I can't save you. For, I can't like save you medically, but I can pray for your soul. Oh, absolutely. Right? My PhD is in religion. But often, yeah, I often have dreams about like, uh, like last night's dream was about my nephew. He's turning, he just turned 16. I'm so proud of him. And, um, he got a little heifer around him. And I said to him, I saw the aura and he was like, what auntie? I like her. I said, nah, nah, nah. She got to go. She's got <laughs> it's to always go. the ones you like that you get a warning about. I've been there. Kid. The snakes. Yeah. Listen, They're take coming. heed. Really seriously. Take heed. But it'll be interesting to see if how our viewers feel, if it's like mumbo jumbo or like how people feel about that. Because I've noticed that ever since I've embraced that, that gift even more, it comes out even stronger now. Like mm-hmm. the telepath, telepathy is even stronger in me now. Like I can see people's auras. I can feel their energy shifts. And I'm like Voltron, like, roop, roop, roop. no, mm-hmm. not interested. Don't bring <laughs> that shit to me. Not interested. I love it. You got to, you no. got to keep us in the know though. If you, if you ever have a dream about me or Mar, you better pick up that phone. Let us know. Oh, I always have positive dreams about us. Okay. Oh, good. Amen to that. We're always playing games. We're always playing games. We're playing games. It's always, always. What kind of games? games? Like we're either, we play hopscotch. We oh, play, how cute. Um, we I play, love we, that. Uh, we play games that I can't play. That's the problem. <laughs> that is I so sweet. That lo- I, I love that. That's like we're playful and we're happy around yeah, each other. That's great. I'm just on the sideline watching. Like I'm always watching the game. I'm Because like, <laughs> I can't double, I can't double dutch. I can't hop. Oh, I oh, can God. play hopscotch. But I'm always there watching you two, like cheering you on, and then I'm watching. That's Aww. how the dream goes continuously. So, so I can't play the game still. So. Cool. I love it's sweet it. for you two, but I can play. I'm just like a loser on the side. Have you girls ever had a dream where you've got like this vivid, vivid, uh, a vivid imagery and like a day, a week, a month later, something spectacular happens. Like it's super, super positive. Any experiences like that? I think you have to elaborate a bit more. Yeah. Isn't what do you mean? Like so I'll, I'll give you an example. <laughs> Years ago, when I was in the in the midst of launching my freelance writing career, I had had these uh, really great opportunities to write for uh, the book review section of our local newspaper. I was doing some writing um, for Essence Magazine. I got a couple of articles published in those in that publication. And my biggest project to date was um, I had a dream where it was so strange. I was in I was in a bathroom stall doing my business, and then I <laughs> I saw. I saw a bunch of balloons above the actual stall. Like they were, they were, um, you know, inflated balloons and just kind of hanging outside. 
And I was like, okay, well, someone's obviously in the bathroom with me. So I need to go out and find out who the hell this is that's there. And it was people who really, I didn't even associate with at all. Uh, I didn't even know why the hell they were in the dream, but they were, they had all of these balloons and I'm just like, what are you guys doing here? And they were like, oh, we just, we brought some gifts for you. It's really, really exciting news. And I was just like, in the bathroom? I was going, I'm in here doing my business and you're, I mean, I appreciate it, but what, are, what the hell are you doing here? It was totally unexpected. So um, fast forward about a month or two later, I think, I happened to uh, go to an event that was happening at a church. And I was there actually to see an author who was in town as part of a literary series and a literary event that was going on. And I got in touch with her. I, I bought a copy of her book and I asked her to sign it. Uh, for anyone who's part of uh, Canadiana culture, it was actually May Ruth Sarsfield, the author of No Crystal Stare. And she signed my book and I asked her a couple of uh, questions just to get some writing advice. And she wrote her email address and um, told me to get in touch with her. So at that same event, I met the pastor of the church that day. And about a couple weeks later, I got a phone call from a member of that church uh, who was referred to me through the same pastor that I had met that day. And they asked me if I would be interested in writing a book about, uh, about their history for their centennial that was up and coming. And that was, Amazing. to me, I felt like that was... Uh, and the dream was an indication that you're about to get like your literary dream come true. And it was, it was, that's so dope. that was really how I, um, you know, was, was able to see myself like actually being chosen and prepped for this opportunity to write that book. I did write the book. It went on I to be, yeah, it, it went on to be a really cool experience. There were a lot of challenges, a lot of, a lot of serious challenges during that time that I was researching and writing, but I did mm -hmm. get that opportunity and it was a huge deal for me. It was a really, it was such That's a blessing. Amazing. It really was a blessing. So while the dream really certain, it just seems so odd and really strange. I think that dream was an indication that, Hey, you know what? Get ready because there's something big about to happen in your life. That's so dope. Again, see, I don't have those like dreams where I feel like there's premonitions. I, I just feel like, except for these like unlocking my deeper, my deepest thoughts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like things that I probably wouldn't think about unless I had these dreams. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe once you tap think, into that uh, secret room. You know, yeah, definitely exactly. into your potential. I think at the end of the day, though, like dreams are there to help you work out things that we don't give ourselves time to work out in the living when we're awake. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the problems, right? Like, yeah, I've come to understand, like, you know, I'm okay with the dreams now. I wasn't okay, I, I used to get really freaked out by them. Because I'm like, this is not cute. Like, I don't want to have dreams about dead people and <laughs> visitations. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not in it. Like, snakes and... Exactly. I see that. But now I've come to embrace it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it doesn't surprise me that I love horror movies like Seven Cents. I love this movie called The Others with Nicole Kidman. The Others. Um, that kind of supernatural stuff. Yeah, that, that movie is dope, by the way. Um, I've come to embrace that part of my life. And actually, I'm thankful that that perhaps, you know, God considers me worthy to pour some of that um some of that you know that that third eye insight and uh like i'm like okay as long as they're not snakes popping up i'm i'm cool like i'm cool i'll deal with it and snakes i mean dreams have been a very powerful form of medium for many 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 moons mm-hmm. um you know going back to the oracles of nathan to mesopotamian like they've been very very deep so i'm down with it like if that's just part of who I am, I've embraced it more now. I definitely have embro- embraced it more. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just I've just embraced them more. And and like I said, it's extending itself. Now I meet people. I'm like, I don't like <laughs> you. I don't tell them. Yeah. You know, I just I just like, mm, no, you stay there. I'm staying here. We're yeah. good. I'm the but, same way. Uh, I mean, yeah. as someone, again, I, I would consider myself a practicing Christian. I believe in prayer. I believe in God. I believe in all of those elements of, of that spiritual part of my life. And I'm, I'm totally open, totally open to receiving whatever word, warnings, anything that are being given. So I'm cool with that. But it's scary. It is scary, but you kind of got to embrace it in order to go beyond those fears and see what is waiting for you beyond that, that, uh, that area. Um, but that being said, we're definitely open and interested in knowing what dreams you listeners have had, what dreams have really made an impact on your life. If they're recurring dreams, you continue to get, do you keep falling off of a building? Do you keep, um, do you keep cutting off your own foot? Because I used to have those recurring dreams <laughs> repeatedly. Oh, hell no. That's uh, some sad shit going Tell on. us if you've had those dreams where you're in a fight and you're ready to like get into serious fisticuffs and the punch never Doesn't lands. Connect, you're like in man. slow motion. Oh, what is God. up with those the dreams? Worst. Like you're in water. It's awful. Yes. It's so frustrating. But we want to know about it. We want to hear about it. Please share with us on Twitter, on Facebook, and especially on Instagram because that's where we do most of our uh, activities and and interaction with you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on episode 13 of Messy Truths. Seriously, and until then, until until then, then, ladies, keep dreaming big. Keep dreaming about us. (laughs) Peace, y'all. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.